This is a podcast by The Straits Times. It's the Double Feature Movie Podcast. I'm Jonathan Roberts and I'm joined this week by Chao Suan. Hello, how's it going? Full of the joys of spring, as ever. Can you tell by my gleaming face? And if you're listening at home, do step on the gas. Google, Apple, Spotify, like, rate, reviewers. And because it's Christmas, don't forget, five stars only. Anyway, the past two weeks have seen a kind of game of trailer one-upmanship. Suddenly the Black Widow trailer dropped. Then the James Bond trailer dropped. Then it was Mulan, then Wonder Woman 1984, and Ghostbusters Afterlife. Big movies. Lots of excitement. There, there are many. Bumper crop, if you will. But the big question is, did any of them entice you? Which ones worked for you, Suen? Actually, I thought they were all really decent, but the one that really captured my attention and I'm so excited for now is Mulan. Like, I was actually really sceptical because I'm a huge fan of the Disney Mulan. Like, that was my favourite Disney princess growing up. I've probably seen that movie, like, a hundred times at least. And I was like, okay, this one's going to be really disappointing. No Li Shang, no Mushu, no music, what? But I saw the trailer and I was like, man, that looks good. I'm this excited. This could work really well. What I really like about it, and I'm the same as you, I watched it. I've not actually seen the first Mulan uh. because I wasn't 12. Ooh. It's a classic, though. I hear so. So I'd probably be interested to try and check it out. Uh, but this one. I can tell straight away because obviously no Eddie Murphy dragon in it, but they're going a bit more realistic, I suppose you could say. There's but a also, witch. Huh? There's a witch that turns into a falcon. You you can do a... Yeah, but then having a talking <laughs> dragon is just that bit too far. Yeah. But this one seems to be distancing itself from the cartoon version or animation, prestige animation. This one seems to be distancing itself enough that it's not just a carbon copy, which is my issue with a lot of the recent Disney transfers or, you know, the CGI live action, whatever you want to call Lion King. Okay, so Mulan is a definite for both of us. Did anything else catch your eye? A lot of people are talking about Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer, which is a big diversion from the previous Ghostbusters. And in that it's not New York, it's rural America. Yeah, weird. I don't think it's that weird. I mean, they're trying to do something different. But at the same time, (coughs) Stranger Things. Yeah, that's exactly the first thought I got when I saw it was (coughs) Stranger Things. Yeah. It looks looks done. I mean, there's there's callbacks and it suggests that they're not just going to... I mean, it's good that it's not just a carbon copy of the 1984 one, which I kind of like, but I don't get that it's the funniest thing ever that some people seem to say it is. Uh, The less said about the 2016 version, which is... Got a lot of flack because oh, it's all women, it's not men. But I mean, that's if that's your issue. Wow. My other issue was that it just wasn't funny. Is that bad kind of improv comedy that you just say a thousand and one lines and then they pick which one they think is best? <laughs> yeah, Ghostbusters was a big thing when I was a kid, but I, I think it's just not one of those things that I'm particularly into. And it didn't help that this trailer, really, like the moment you watch it, there's so many movies that. It just looks exactly like it. it yeah, it's not yeah. exciting, not fresh, just the same thing. It's probably not something I really will be super keen to watch, to be honest. Wow. I must say, though, I'm really, really surprised at how much I liked the James Bond one. Ah, okay. No Time to Die, I think. No Time to Die. Or I'm looking forward to the Singapore version, Where I Got Time to Die. <laughs> Where I Got Time to Die, la. <laughs> like, that one should be, um, I think, better. No, uh 
I am not a Bond fan. Never been a Bond fan. Not a Daniel Craig fan at all. But it actually looks really exciting, quite promising. It is promising. I'm wondering if it's just Doctor No in disguise. The last James Bond film, Spectre, oh God, when was that? 2015, something like that? It was years ago. He's been in the role for 14 years, but this is only like the fifth film they've managed to get out of it for different reasons. This one is going to be very clearly the end of an era. We have Lashana Lynch as the new 007, because obviously James Bond is retired. And there's a whole thing about Maybe Daniel Craig's James Bond has retired too often in his films. <laughs> he quit in Casino Royale. He kind of goes rogue in the Quantum of Solace. And then yeah. he retired at the end of Spectre. That's kind of the thing about like the Bond series. It's like they've got to draw attention from somewhere. Yeah, so, I mean, it looks gorgeous. It's directed by Corey Fukunaga, who did uh, you know, the legendary first series of uh, True Detective. Uh, yeah, and the cinematography looks fantastic. I'm yeah. looking forward to it. As long as you just don't get Sam Smith to sing the theme tune, I'll be fine. Because that was the other problem with Spectre. It was rubbish. I know it won an Oscar. It won an Oscar. Good God. Back to the other trailers. <laughs> no love for Wonder Woman. I thought it was a bit bland myself. It didn't quite come off. Yeah. I mean, that's a problem with like a lot of montages, which is pretty much this entire trailer. It was just one whole middle chunk of just montages. Also, yeah. vibing on the Stranger Things again. <laughs> I don't like the 80s, to be honest, and I think it's been really overdone already. Actually, I must say, I really like the aesthetic of the 80s. Like, in general, I, I quite like the feel yeah, and the aesthetic. Yeah, you didn't live through it, that's why. Probably. <laughs> but this, yeah, but the trailer was super unmemorable. Like, I, if I try to remember scenes from it now, I'll just draw a blank. It's, I mean, it looks like it could be fun, but not something that is really much to shout about. Okay. Speaking of shouting, then. This week, the Golden Globes were announced. Not everyone agrees with the Golden Globes. A lot of people point to the uh, dubious nature in which the films are nominated. Well, they don't make it easy by nominating films that nobody's even seen yet outside of a small community of journalists and critics. Anyway, two nominations, Best Actor and Best Actress in a Motion Picture. We can kind of agree on, because that's Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson in Marriage Story. And that brings us to the main review of the week. Marriage Story, it's out now on Netflix, so you can just click in and watch it whenever you want. Not that I'd recommend watching it as a couple. There will be questions between the two of you. If there's not questions, that will just be sneaking suspicion all the way through. But any other recommendations of when to not watch this? Do not watch it before you've got anything to do because I guarantee puffy eyes and tear-streaked faces. I think I was crying for a good minute after the film. Oh, it really got you. It got me so bad. Oh, man. Uh, It's quite an extraordinary film. Uh, a lot of people have been quite snotty about it because of the level of acting and there's very few cuts in it. The camera quite often holds on them and people are like, well, it's just exactly let you see in a play. Have you never seen a play before? And you have to say, well, no, most people haven't because not many people go to plays. And if you're going to introduce people to a play-like scenario, this is perfect for it. So, Marriage Story. Very briefly, a theatre director and his lead actress, who's also his wife, are in the process of divorce. And we follow them through that process for custody of the child. She goes back to back home to Los Angeles. He tries to divide his time between New York and Los Angeles. And it's basically the process of how it happens. Adam Driver is Charlie. Scarlett Johansson is Nicole. But it is quite a beautiful film. It's quite outstanding. It's one of those really rare films that's so tragic and painful 
but never feels quite too heavy. Like when you describe the film to someone, it sounds so bleh, like it's about a couple getting a divorce. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's fantastic. Like the acting is so good, the way it's been shot, like just the way the emotion is built in the film, it carries it so much. Like you don't even really need a story. You, it's it's an experience, I feel. It is surprisingly humorous yeah, in places. Exactly. There is humor all the way through from whether it's uh, Alan Alda as a doddering lawyer or indeed the bulldogish nature of Ray Liotta as another lawyer. Um, yeah, there's, there's humor. And Nicole's mom, played by Julie Hegarty, is more famous for being in the airplane films. Uh, she is wonderful because she is... Well, like in many divorces, it's difficult to pick a side sometimes. If you, and she clearly loves Charlie. Charlie Bird. <laughs> yeah. And so, even to the point of phoning him up in disguise with sunglasses on in the bathroom to feed him uh, a better lawyer. Exactly. And that's, I think that's one of the really difficult things to do, to keep a really, really heartbreaking film easy to watch, well, easy enough. The key watch. with this is in the first seven minutes. Oh, yeah. Because usually if you said, oh, it's a story about a New York theatre producer and an actress, you're going to think, first world problems. As the young and say? Yes, as the young young people say. But the first seven minutes where it's Charlie describing why he fell in love with Nicole, Nicole describing why she fell in love with Charlie. If you don't fall in love with those two people at that point, there's there's no soul to you if you don't, I think. It was a beautiful moment, but at the same time, throughout the entire seven minutes, because of the nature of the film, you, it's already kind of heartbreaking because you know there's a crash coming. And indeed, there is that crash because it opens up into the marriage counsellor. Yep. And then she does that, she's up be reading it in her head and she doesn't want to read her note to him. And even at that point, you're... You're urging them. No, just just read it out. You, you you could make it up. You could still get back together. And I think that's the cleverest way to do it because in that first seven minutes, you you feel them falling in love. It's like the whole love story told in the most succinct and emotionally almost heartbreaking way. You yeah. fall in love with them. You know, you you they don't have to tell you they're in love. They show you. They make you go through that journey of them falling in love with each other and you you go in with them and you feel like you're either one of them right there is a very clear incident why they fell apart and it's down to charlie it's always the men see that's why you can't watch it as a couple because you'll just get but at the same time yeah it's 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 who are you empathizing with more At at the same time you really do want them to get back together because there are moments where they just switch off the feuding couple like when her lights go out and he's got to come in and fix them and you just become normal again yeah. and they, you know she cuts his hair and stuff like that I think there's so many wonderful moments in it I, but at the same time the drama of it like as soon as Nicole goes to get a lawyer and Laura Dern plays the lawyer and she's all like kind of nice and everything on the surface but you know it's like a shark circling. She's going to kill him. You know that the, the, as soon as the lawyers come in, it's purely for the win. It's purely for profit. And you know that they don't really care too much. And even to the very end, like it, it makes it so clear that what the lawyers are in it for and what the couple is in it for is different. And I think that's what, for me, made the film so compelling, is that it's so realistic. Like It doesn't do the very common Hollywood problem of like 
taking anything to the extreme. You know, in a lot of these divorces, like you expect they hate each other or yeah. they, you know, but this one, it really does give you all the shades. You know, you you get the sense that there's moments where they still love each other and there's moments where they hate each other and there's moments where they feel betrayed. And it all comes out in such a nuanced and realistic way. It's a, it's a fully developed, fully built character and fully built relationship. It's not just a Hollywood trope of what a divorce, divorce couple should look like. Well, I mean, parts of this have gone online and turned into memes. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's one big argument that is now being turned into like, those four-panel things, like once Scarlett Johansson scre- <laughs> screaming about Baby Yoda. Oh, yeah. It. It's not, just because it's Baby Yoda does not mean that it's Yoda as a baby. As that, Netflix has been posting these as well. I I don't know, part of it for me, does that not devalue yeah. the moment a bit? It kind of take, deflates it. So, so, so if you see the memes first and then you get to see it, I don't know, it's still powerful acting. Along in the ways, I mean, they can do snot, they can do tears. Both actors are just laying it out there. Even with the face of uh, cartoonish lawyers, Ray Liotta is a Rottweiler of a lawyer, ready to press the, you know, the, the nuclear button on this whole thing straight away. Yep. To the point where Charlie's very scared. But then in, you have Alan Alda, who's more doddery. It's great. It's fantastic. And and that's the great thing about it. Like It never feels too long because there's all this variation in emotion and, and, and in what yeah. they're doing. That like even though they can fixate on one scene for, like you say, 10 minutes of really just nothing but them screaming at each other or them talking, it never feels too long yeah. for a single moment. Like it's just... I know some people have said it feels a bit too acted, a bit too you know scripted in mm-hmm. places. But... I don't know. I'm just impressed by it all the way through. It, it's a wonderful sense of quite naturalistic acting. Yeah, beautifully and shot. And if, yeah, beautifully shot, yes. And some, some of the framing is wonderful. And, of course, it's, uh, I mean, it's also this thing of Sondheim. Yep. Uh, there, there's a whole thing of Sondheim at the moment. I love Sondheim. Well, Joker had Stephen Sondheim uh, send in the clowns. Yeah. Knives Out had... Daniel Craig humming along to my favourite Sondheim song, which is Losing My Mind. Oh, that's a good song. And you get two Sondheims in this. At the point where you ask, is this really going that bold into musical territory? So Scarlett sings uh, one, and then later on, towards the end, Adam Driver gets up in a, a piano bar and starts singing Being Alive. It's such a good song, though. It's a wonderful moment. He gets up at first, you know, he hears the tune of it, and he gets up and he's, I'll sing along, like theatre people do sometimes. Let me sing, I'll be, you know, annoying for everybody else. No, no, really not. But in this bit, he starts singing as part of a, you know, I'll just make my friends laugh. But then, you see, and then he, yeah, he just changes. You watch his face crumple. He has to sing this now. And this is perfectly nuanced acting again. He's quite a good singer, surprisingly. Uh, I hope he sings in Star Wars. <laughs> Please don't. But this is the end of a, a really strong year for Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. I mean, biggest film in the world with Avengers Endgame. And then you've got Jojo Rabbit, which will be coming out here start of January. And this, wow. Good for Netflix as well. Part of Netflix's incredibly strong year end. Yeah. Aside from a night before, the night before Christmas. Uh, <clears throat> you know, last night I got home and my parents were watching The Christmas Prince. All right. I like, I was like, hi. And then I ran away to watch Marriage Story instead. <laughs> Upstairs. Good. And with the thoughts of an awkward divorce ringing through our minds, that's where we're going to leave it for now. Thank you for joining me, Suan. 
Thank you. Thank you for listening at home. And until another double feature next week, which will be Star Wars. Yeah. Goodbye. Goodbye. That was an SPH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times and The Business Times online.